Hello again, people. So, I have just uploaded <laughs> my other episode asking for your guys' feedback or um, just kind of anything. Um, yeah, I just uploaded that episode. I know I said I was going to probably come back later in the day, but I decided to record another episode because guess what? I brought my notebook. So, I have a topic that I would really like to talk about. Um, so, you guys know that I'm not on school right now due to health things. So, I was like reminiscing about high school. And by reminiscing, I mean analyzing the trauma I've been through. Um, and I wrote down the topic of literature. So, um, just so you know, I had to stop for a second. My grandma is watching pots in the background don't mind that just listen to the sound of my voice um anyway um as a black girl i'm often never really represented in literature um and i mean classic literature nowadays there is a lot of literature that i can see myself in however it's not quote-unquote mainstream and fairly you have to do a lot of digging to find it which isn't great um but representation is something that means a lot to me and I was just going over how literally almost all the books I've read to get this so-called education about the world have been written by white men or in the off chance it was written by a white woman looking at you Frankenstein um, I didn't actually get to finish that book because I had a transplant. <laughs> I had to, I had to get a transplant. Um, yeah, so what I wrote down verbatim in my notebook was traditional literature doesn't appeal to me, i.e. Great Gatsby. So I don't really know what i.e. means. I just know like it's like a form to say example. But yeah, I had to read The Great Gatsby in junior year, which now that I know I have European followers, I guess, well, not follow, listeners, I guess I could say grade 11, I think. Yes, I think so. Um, anyway, I had to read Great Gatsby. And to be honest, I didn't enjoy the book. I did not enjoy the book. I'm sorry. I'm a black girl that grew up in the 21st century. And I don't enjoy Great Gatsby because I don't feel like it is. the story of a man I guess what would you say like gaining his way to riches and putting on a facade that doesn't really appeal to me you know it's just a book of fake people because no one's being truly authentic in the book I feel like that's a good thing I feel like that's a fair thing to say that no one in the book is authentic. I don't even remember the love interest name, uh, the female that Gratsby was after. I forgot her name. But, like, my whole point is that literature, quote-unquote classic literature, hasn't changed with the times, which is not great. My high school, um, we did do a very wide range of literature, but the books that I liked the most that we read were written in the 2000s that's just my favorite book that we read that I was so enthralled in 
is not considered classic literature is it a is it a book that like is recognized as a good book yeah but like it's not like in the top 10 list of classic literature you should read you know I've just been forced quite honestly to read these books for my curriculum and they're just not fun and I remember idealizing The Great Gatsby because everyone had said it's such a good book and I downloaded it from the library for free shout out to the New York Public Library um, and I was so excited to read it. Mind you, this was in a um, middle school, so it was probably 6th or 7th grade. Definitely before I was 6, so like I was 12 at the time. And I was like, I can't wait to read this book because the cover was so beautiful. I was like, this book is going to be great. Um, and I read the first page and I was like, what is this talking about? I obviously wasn't at, it wasn't a grade level book for me. Um... And I was kind of, I don't, I just, I was like, what's going on? And, um, what, like three years, four years later, I had to read the book for my curriculum. And I was like, I still don't quite get what's going on in this book. You know, there's the themes that every teacher is supposed to tell you, like the green light and all that stuff. And I was like, but why is it that way? I still kind of don't get it because this is a whole nother thing, but as a 21st century student, teachers teach as if you're already supposed to know these things. And as someone who has had to leave school multiple times because of my health, so I have gaps in my knowledge, it's not helpful when you teach as if this is common knowledge because maybe it's not. Common knowledge to you is different than common knowledge to somebody else. Um, in my last episode, I said that I'm very bad with geography. It's not my strong suit. I can do math and science all day, but geography and English and history, please, not my forte, would rather take a math test. So coming from that angle, you know, it was really hard for me in history class. Like I was so thankful that we learned about World War One and World War Two, but again, you have to analyze that we're learning these things from one side and you know teachers encourage you to learn other aspects of the story but it's not part of your curriculum so who really wants to learn outside of school I wasn't one of those people um yeah teachers I you know what it is I've been on social media a lot lately and it's like quite literally in the states black history is an elective it is not something that you are required to learn. We did a little bit of that learning in my high school, but again, there are common core things that every student is supposed to learn, and that varies statewide, but like every school teaches it differently, and it also depends on your teacher. I'm going on a bit of a tangent and a bit of a like side road detour. That's what it is, a detour. But I just want to express how limiting it is being a uh, not a college student but being a student in the states like we really don't get to learn useful things all the time um like but there's also just things that are like really eye-opening like learning about mesopotamia and how weather works and how i learned i'm a little embarrassed to say this but like i finally learned that like um depending on where you are in the on the where you are 
in reference to the equator decides your seasons. I didn't know, I didn't fully understand that like South America had different, had the reverse season. Like, I didn't really get that. So learning that was eye-opening. But <laughs> reading Creek Gatsby was just like, here's another white man talking about his life that really has no effect on me I don't remember I don't know when the great Gatsby was written but I don't understand why we have to fully read the book when we could read like quiff quiff cliff notes or an analysis of the book and get the same idea because liter to not acknowledge that literature has changed so much since Gatsby was written and the world has changed so much since that book was written but we're still teaching it in schools it doesn't quite make sense to me um and as a person of color who has been for uh, what 10 years like wait how much so for 14 years I've been learning about white history and white literature and when I read things that are not from white authors a white teacher is telling me what to think about the black author's words something's not right something's not clicking for me okay um sorry I had to take a quick little um not a break but I had to close my door because I live in a house with two other people. But anyway, um, you guys didn't notice that I took a quick little adjustment, but I did. Anyway, it's really hard having teachers that really will never understand where you're coming from. Um, And I'm not saying it in that, like, I never want to have white teachers. That's not what I'm saying at all. Um, I recently had an experience with a therapist where... Um, they were a white male, but they were so understanding of how their experiences in life could never equate to mine and how we're different, but they can come from an understanding viewpoint. And that's what we need from all teachers because you're obviously not gonna, well not obviously, but you're, you might not fit with your whole class demographic so whoever you are just the primary the fundamental that's what i meant to say the fundamental understanding that oh my voice got shaky you your outlook on a book may be different than another student's because of your lived experience that's all i'm asking for you know that's all i'm asking for but yeah and the other sense that I don't love traditional literature that like I can't remember like a traditional like classic American literature book that I really enjoyed um and you know I've said this um not on the podcast but I've expressed this feeling before that school at least the school system that I'm in personally made me dislike reading and friends have said this and like it's just so hard to want to pursue the activity the leisure the leisure of reading 
for your own pastime when it literally became a task you were supposed to do for school and you were graded on it. Literally, if you did not read for your reading log, your grade would suffer. And that's not right, to be honest. Um, Then there's also the whole reading level thing and how if you're not on your grade level, something's wrong with you. And it's, I, I personally, I was put under that category where, um, sorry, one second. So yeah, I was in literally second grade. I was seven or eight years old and they took, like, they were worried about that I wasn't on the specific letter that second graders are supposed to be at. So they took me they didn't take me. That sounds so jarring. No, I wasn't like taken, but, um, they would specify, um, a period of time where I was allowed to be taken out of the class. Um, and again, I wasn't singled out. This happened to multiple kids in my school, but we would be taken out and like, there would be like a reading. I don't know. I, I don't know what credentials these people had like at all. And that's not to say they didn't have any. I just, they really didn't tell us if they had any credentials because we were seven and eight and they thought like, hey, you don't need to know. Um, But I was taken, (laughs) okay, they, they gently whisked me away to go to the library and have like reading time with another person who, might I add, was never a teacher in the school. There were never teachers in the school. Because teachers had to take care of their other students. I don't know what the program was. And I'm not saying that, like, there is a reason why there's, like, grade levels for reading. However, when you imp- when you put shame on a child who's eight for not reading at their so-called grade level, that can be harmful. But I was taken out of class and I was brought to the library and I would read with someone and... The person was so nice, and I'm really grateful for her because she was great. She was a nice person. Well, that is the bare minimum, but you know, she was cool. I didn't have any problems with her, but it was embarrassing to be taken out of class. And it was all because I was a slow reader. I'm a slow reader to this day. And later on, they realized oh, Talia doesn't need to be in that program anymore. She just reads slow. I was eight. You didn't even get me time to fully progress into, like, really reading. You were just like, oh, you're not reading in grade level? Send her, send her to go get help. Which, like, that system is so flawed and can be updated into a way that's, like, not so harsh. And if you feel like you're being singled out. And it was literally like, oh, she doesn't read badly. She just reads slow. And then that same year, they were like, you can skip a grade if you want. That's like, that was the, that's the like crazy juxtaposition of like, of school. Of like, you like, you not even drop the ball. You're off by your mark by just the slightest, slightest amount. And they're like, oh, nope, you gotta, you gotta tighten that up right now you're something's wrong with you and then they're on the other hand they're like oh but they're doing well in these other aspects so like just skip a grade I'm like what what do you want me to do 
last month you thought I wasn't reading on grade level and now you think I, I, I can skip a grade? These are confusing messages to send to an eight-year-old. Look at me. It's been 11 years and I still remember it so vividly. Off topic, but the book I read with that lady, we read multiple books. Because it was going, I was taking out of class multiple times for like, uh, I don't know how long. I couldn't tell you how long. But I read the Louis Braille story and I've been traumatized ever since. Um, I do not recommend you look up that story. However, you will do what you want with your life. Um, just traumatized. Okay? Yeah. So, back to literature. It's also, like, I've had some fantastic English teachers. I've said this before and I'll say it again. The English teacher that I had freshman and sophomore year, I could not have gotten the grades I got without her. She was so gracious to me and I am beyond appreciative of her. Um, truly did what a teacher should. Um, now, and I understand, let me just preface this by saying I understand teaching is an incredibly hard job, especially in a very populated city when you're in a public school. You have over 60 students. I cannot imagine the stress that you're under. Truly, I cannot. Um, however, there are ways that you can approach things that'll make life not only easier for your students because you're literally shaping their minds, but it'll make life easier for you as well and how you walk across this world. That's all I have to say. Um, yeah. So I talked about this briefly before, but the teacher that I had in junior year, it was so polarizing of like, you know, he would tell you not to be pretentious in your writing, but he would say pretentious things. And and I'm going to say this again. I'm not the only one who said this. People dreaded his class, allegedly. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to save myself. This is all alleged. Does that does that free me of any liability? I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just it wasn't fun to be in his class and he was extremely pretentious and he wasn't a good teacher in the sense that he would just tell you what you did wrong but not tell you ways that you could fix it which is my biggest bone to pick with teachers which is what I went through a lot of the time it's like okay thank you for telling me that I did something wrong can you tell me how to fix it and they feel like they're giving you a cheat code if they're telling you how to fix it and they're like I can only give you clues and I'm like your clues are not making sense I need you to guide me please help I know you have other students I know but if you could I learn from examples so if you could just give me an example of how I'm supposed to do it that would be really helpful I can say that now because I know who I am and I know how I learn but I didn't know what I learned from before so my teacher was just like this is what you have to do, but very vaguely. And I was just like, I don't really understand what you're saying. And then my grade would suffer again. And they would be like, Talia, you didn't listen to any of the advice I gave you. And I was like, and I've in my head, I was like, but you didn't give me useful advice. And this I know for sure is a struggle that multiple people in the schooling system have faced. 
um, yeah, it's just, it's really not helpful. Like, my history teacher would literally show me how I'm supposed to do things. I'm like, thank you. Now I can't mess it up because you're showing me where I went wrong and how to do better. I would love it if my other teachers would follow the same lead. Um, yeah. Um, I was trying to, oh yeah, I want to go back on teachers just thinking that you should know things. So, English is also a very, um, English or literature is a very interesting topic now in the U.S. um, because we're supposed to be learning writing and grammar, but we take it for four years, so sometimes it truly does feel like repetitious and monotonous. I got yeah it feels tedious like doing all this work again and analyzing and doing these essays and straight up I've heard kids in my school high school in my school say we don't need English for all four years because we're just we just feel like we're doing the same thing and then the thing is this is why I like math because math teachers don't vary that much in the way they grade things because there's one right answer however English teachers vary so much in the way that they grade things and the way that they're teaching you things because there are multiple um, ways to analyze a text and I hated when my teachers would say you didn't analyze this text correctly like who, who, who are you to say I didn't analyze it correctly with my lived experiences this is what I got from the text and you're telling me I'm wrong? Under whose standards? Anyway, um, so yeah, it's just, but like, I, I literally have been learning grammar and how to write since I was in elementary school, learned it again as a freshman in high school, again as a sophomore, and now I'm learning it one more time as a freshman in college, and I'm like, here's the thing if your grammar and punctuation lessons are not sticking and I've been learning it for a collective of 10 years maybe we should try a different way maybe because I still don't know when to use a semicolon or a colon well colon yeah or an apostrophe like not apostrophe a comma you know comma splices I still don't fully know what those are so yeah but, like, my junior year, my junior year English teacher just, like, acted like we were, just knew everything. And I was like, hey, um, no, help, please. Help, help me, please. I don't, here's the thing, I don't ever know how to analyze text the way they want me to. Because I'm like, it's not that deep. Sometimes for me, it's not that deep, maybe. Like, I saw this meme once, and it was like, English teachers, the green curtains signify the need to go outside, and then it's, and then the other text is like, maybe the art, maybe the author just wanted to put green curtains, and I'm like, exactly, how do you know the author had a different meaning, or a different, you don't know the author's intent, you don't, you're assuming, and that's all English class is, literature. It's just like assuming what the author meant. A bunch of, sorry, but dead authors. And you're like, they've barely said anything about their text. And you're like, 
because of their experience as a young boy in a farm, they depicted the curtains as green as because they loved the pastures they would roam through. And I'm like, that sounds very nice and all, but how do you know that's true? English class is just making things up and I get a bad grade? This should be an easy A, right? But no, I didn't make up the right things. The things I made up were incorrect. Okay, sure. Um, excuse me for a moment. I'm going to move my mic a little bit. You might hear some. Okay, sorry. I hope that's better. Um, I can I can hear if it's better. Okay. Anyway, English class. This was supposed to be about traditional literature. But, like, I genuinely, I've, like, blocked out all the literature that I've learned from because I just, it doesn't feel personal at all, you know? I loved reading stories about people of color. Those were my favorite stories to read because it honestly felt more engaging. I read Toni Morrison's um, The Song of Solomon, I loved that book so much because it it was so good and that is considered a classic but that's considered a recent classic you know what I mean in the long term of things in the long what I don't know but in the long term yeah like Frankenstein I had to um read and I read the metamorphosis metamorphosis was actually good but like I didn't, we were studying the grotesque, so we had to read Metamorphosis, Frankenstein, and then some other thing, and it's like, oh, we also read Hamlet, and now I really, I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent, but I really enjoy Shakespeare's writing. Other people don't, and that's fine, um, but we hold Shakespeare at such a standard, which personally, I understand why we hold him as at such a standard, because literally like all of our current novels not all a lot of current literature is based on Shakespearean literature you know the tale of star-crossed lovers was really popularized by Romeo and Juliet the Lion King is just Hamlet it is West Side Story is Romeo and Juliet but done poorly because they put white people as Latinos that's a whole other topic for another day but you know I'm not saying that I don't like white writers some I mean if you're a good writer you're a good writer but we uphold these standards of quote-unquote white literature which like to be good literature it just means it has to speak to the reader like it just is like why be so pretentious with writing if you enjoy it you enjoy it why do we nitpick writing so much if it's an outlet for people let it be an outlet for people why is there such thing as bad writing now there is like actual bad writing where the storytelling is very um like clunky and doesn't fully flow okay there's that but like maybe if you like didn't like I don't enjoy Great Gatsby sue me 
as a black woman, I don't enjoy Great Gatsby because it has nothing that pertains to my life at all. Really, I had to read The Things They Carried, which is about, um, like, stories from the Vietnam War, which, hi, didn't learn about the Vietnam War. That's the other thing I want to talk about. I kept, I kept getting sidetracked, but teachers act like you're supposed to know things, and I finally learned about World War One and World War Two in junior year of high school, but all of my teachers throughout my life acted like, oh yeah, you know about the World Wars. Um, no, I'm sorry. I just came from elementary school. They didn't really talk about war in elementary school. I expected to learn it in middle school. Then y'all didn't just didn't talk about it in middle school either. So now I'm in high school wondering what the world wars were about. I'm not going to seek out that knowledge myself because I shouldn't your education shouldn't rely on you seeking out knowledge to understand what your teacher is talking about. And I felt so embarrassed not knowing about the world wars because they're referenced in every history class, but I had not formally learned about them. And this is before I had to leave school. I was in eighth grade when I had to leave school for the first time. And at that point, I had learned really nothing about the world wars. And the world acts like it's just common knowledge, but like, I'm sure it is, but for the newcomers of the world, like me when I was 12 years old, I didn't know what it was about because people had determined that 12 is too young to learn about the world wars, but you should know about it already when you're 15. But when was I, when was I supposed, when was I supposed to learn? Could, could somebody maybe tell me when I was supposed to learn about it? That would have been helpful. But yeah, that's the other thing that like there's some things that are just considered common knowledge, but then it's never formally taught. And I'm like, um, hey, could could somebody formally teach me these things instead of just relying on that as common knowledge? Thank you. Um, I'm trying to think back. Of, oh, yeah. So I was talking about the things they carried. And like, first of all. The writer of this book who's writing about it, it's a collection of short, short stories. And I'm like, okay, it's giving me, <laughs> it's giving me a little bit of like what it was like to live during those times. But the author supposedly never went to, was never in the Vietnam War. They were never a soldier. That boggles my mind. Like nobody can actually... Like, he just says he was in the war. He's just like, yeah, I was in the war. But there's no evidence to prove that he was in it. So the so we're just kind of like, um, we don't really know if he was, like, actually in the war or not. But he wrote these stories. I just, ugh. That's, ooh, that's not great. That's not great. That's not great. That's not, that's not great. Please don't. If you're not consulting people who have lived through those experiences, please don't write about experiences that you know nothing of. What do you gain from that? And here's the thing. You could have totally been like, here's what I perceive or what I've gathered would have what it would have been like to be in the Vietnam War. Great. That's fine. Just don't lie and say you were in it. Say this is I mean the book was fiction. 
But, like, don't say it's based on true events. Don't say you were in the war if you weren't. That's weird. That's weird behavior. Oops, sorry. I don't I don't know about you, but to me, that's weird behavior. And writing is so much more... It evokes so much more emotion when somebody is coming from a place of reality and truth that they've experienced or that their loved ones have experienced or that they can connect to in some way. That's when I really love reading. That's what I really love reading is I can feel the emotion seeping through the page. And sometimes I might not feel the emotion because I've never had that emotion. I've never experienced that emotion. So, you know, that's okay. It just means that this book maybe wasn't meant for me and me specifically. There, there could be, I don't know, like, there could be a bunch of black girls that are really related to The Great Gatsby, and that's their prerogative. I'm not saying that The Great Gatsby is hard as a black girl to relate to, but it kind of is. But for my personal experience, I don't relate to this book. Yeah. I'm, like, struggling to try to remember all the white literature I've read that... I didn't like because you know what honestly I said this before I blocked it out I blocked it out when I enjoy reading things it's topics that I felt were interesting and that's just obvious but like the books I enjoyed were the hidden gems or like the short stories about black boys like there was a short story I read I completely forgot the title, but I wrote my final essay for English class in junior, not junior, sophomore year about it. And it was about a boy, a black boy, and him finding his sexuality and, um, like, not coping, but, like, his experiences as a gay black boy, because he wasn't a man, he was a boy. And that piece of literature regardless of the fact that I forgot the name because I can easily find it that piece of literature really spoke to me um and I could really relate to it and it just it it evoked something that I had never experienced because I so rarely read literature for not necessarily for black people but by black people so i i am making it my goal to read more artists of um authors of color because it just for me personally it just speaks more to me let's start let's shake up the literature world let's shake up schooling and maybe like include more authors of color and female authors and more stories about women because the same I'm not even kidding the same books that were a part of my mother's curriculum were a part of my curriculum the world has progressed too much to continue to read these stale books they're stale it's a classic I get it but like let's try something new let's make a new classic you know same thing with christmas songs like new artists today are just re re re-recording these christmas songs and like they're great 
but is it just because of nostalgia that they're great? You know, I saw this talk about movies too, which is like, you know, I love High School Musical, love Polar Express. They're not like great movies, groundbreaking movies. And I love them because of nostalgia. And I can't go back and watch those movies and not feel like cringy that I enjoyed this movie. As You know, you look at it now and you're like, oh, maybe, maybe that wasn't that great of a movie. You know, some, it really is, could be an emotional connection and nostalgia to a piece of art, but maybe we should reanalyze it and create new classics because the world is always changing. So I say all this to say that I'm trying to go back into reading books because it was very, very like the whole enjoyment of books was tainted for me for quite a long time but um I'm gonna try to read again and enjoy it you know and then also giving myself grace in that maybe I can't read a book for fun in college because I have so much work to do but I will graduate college one day and maybe I'll have free time to read then You know, I'm not creating like the strict schedule for myself. I'm letting things naturally flow and naturally happen when they may. So, yeah. But literature, it's such a touchy, like, I don't know if touchy is the right word, but it's such a opinionated topic. I mean, obviously everything's like everyone has an opinion but like some people are just like don't touch the classics they're classics for a reason and it's like great but the world has evolved you know the world is different from when f scott fitzgerald wrote the great gatsby it's different that's not a bad thing books are will forever well i don't know about forever but books will continue to be in production why not try finding a new classic you know yeah I love storytelling I love storytelling but like I would love to read stories that are not just about white men um pursuing the American dream yeah I love watching movies that like for instance, take a look at Parasite and how that movie was so big and people still couldn't get past the subtitle barrier. And then the director talks about how if you just re if you just hop across the barrier of a sub of subtitles, you'll be introduced to such amazing stories. And that's so true. And I learned that from my mom honest honestly. My mom used to watch subtitled movies all the time when I was little. She would watch movies in French. Mostly there were French movies, but they would have other languages as well. And I was just like, you know, I was a little girl. I was like, oh, mom, I don't want to watch a movie that has subtitles. I don't want to read when I'm watching my movie. And now I am a young adult and I love all movies because storytelling is great. I'm not just going to wait until they adopt it for the American culture because I can watch it now I can read the subtitles and it's fine you know 
I don't mind reading subtitles now. It was a struggle getting there though because I talked about how I did not like reading. But now I just, I enjoy the movies and the storytelling. But I mostly enjoy the stories that are not always depicted all the time. Enough of these rom-coms with like, I know this is totally sidetracked, but like, why can't I see a dark-skinned female lead in a rom-com? Why can't I see someone that looks like me in a rom-com? That would be cool. We did make rom-coms for ourselves, and I grew up watching them, and I love them. I just, you know, there's a long way to go on diversity in everything. And I think that we should always reevaluate the classics and continue making new classics, continue having new classics, you know? Just, the world is forever changing, so maybe our literature should change with it. That's all. But I know nothing truly about literature, because I haven't really learned, so I don't know. This is just from a student standpoint of, like, I'm tired of reading books that only appeal, well, not appeal, but, like, that only depict this one-sided Like, other people exist in the world. And I'm tired of movies and books acting like other people didn't exist. Didn't exist. Ooh. Again, it's five. It's almost 6 a.m. Give me, cut me some slack, please. But during this time, I've done a lot of unlearning and relearning and reframing my mindset. And I, I didn't like how... You know, I would feel kind of ridiculed for not, like, you don't like classic literature? How could you? Like, it's never pertained to me or my family. It's never, no. This American dream you speak of? I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But it's kind of not realistic, especially now. I don't know. I love I I'm trying to build a relationship with literature again. But literature that I actively want to read. And that sounds like obvious and stuff, but like my whole life I've been trying to catch up with the classics because I felt like I was disadvantaged because I was born later and I'm like trying to keep up with all the movie classics and literature classics and it's like I can enjoy new things. I can enjoy new things. I can decide that I want to frame my mind around content that's being created today. And that's okay. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. No. If this was a hodgepodge of thoughts, forgive me. Um... Uh, I am sorry if you can hear the heat in my apartment right now because that's New York City living. Your pipes squeak sometimes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that's it. I'll, I'll probably come to you again later today. That's, that's for sure. Wait, what? <laughs> Um, I really enjoy making podcast episodes and they've been a phenomenal outlet for me and I really enjoy it. Um, And who knows, I might do one 
another one today. I mean, I did two today. So that's like, stop being an overachiever, Talia. I'm sorry, I can't help it. It's in my DNA. But, ooh, you heard my joints click again. I thank you for listening. I truly appreciate I truly appreciate your ears or however you're listening. If you're reading this because there will be a transcript out eventually. I don't know when, but eventually. Thank you for reading this podcast. Um so yeah, I hope you have a fantastic phenomenal day. Yes. Yeah. Have a great one. Whether it's night, daytime, afternoon, whatever. Have a great have a great time. You know, life's hard. Have a great time. Okay. <laughs> For real, goodbye.